0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello, my Diva Nation, and welcome back to Diva Behavior, the podcast. Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of big words and theories for you this week. I am talking to MJ Corey of the incredible Instagram account, Kardashian Colloquium, with a K, don't get it twisted. And this account is all about the Kardashians and sort of applying postmodern theories to all of their behaviors and goings on. It's a really fun, funny account. I've been following it for a few years now. I recommend that you follow it too. And of course, what MJ and I are talking about today is the cancellation of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I mean, I'm calling it a cancellation. The Kardashians didn't call it a cancellation. They're just saying it's not coming back. But, I mean, this hit me like a lightning bolt out of the blue. But not really out of the blue because this is 2020. This is not clear blue skies we're talking about. We're in a storm. We're in a couple storms all at once. And this is just sort of adding on to it. And it's really, really interesting that this has come at this particular moment in time. So MJ and I talked about every single facet of this that we could think of. We answered a bunch of your questions, which, just to give you the spark notes, no, we don't think Kris Jenner would be caught dead joining the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And no, we don't think that Kanye's current activities are the reason why This cancellation has happened. So if you want to hear our full thoughts, you're just going to have to keep on listening. Make sure you follow MJ on Instagram at Kardashian underscore Colloquium with a K. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Molly Moleshine. Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts so that it will get recommended to more people. And if you have any comments, questions, thoughts about my new quarantine bangs, anything you want me to see, please send that to info at divabehavior.com. Enjoy. Some people think diva's a bitch. Oh, a diva to you? Would you say, are you one? Oh. I never said that. Diva
0: behavior. Great, great gowns, beautiful gowns.
1: Diva Behavior, the podcast. MJ Corey, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me about this. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I really had never noticed. I've been following Kardashian Colloquium for years. I think you first came on my radar when I
0: was working at Galore. Mm -hmm. And because how long have you been doing the account? two years now, which is crazy. I talk about it like it just started. I'll be like, oh, I started this Instagram account like a year ago, but it's been like two and a half years, I think. That's great. And you have a great following Mm -hmm. and you didn't do any like growth hacking or anything. You literally just got this following on the strength of the posts, right? Basically. Yeah. uh, Nori's black book really helped me. Like when I first started, um, they found it and posted it. And that was really the beginning of everything. I got a lot of followers that way, which was so nice and surprising. And then after that, it kind of just blossomed, which was, I didn't really know how social media works, to be honest, I've been learning from this account. So that was its own kind of learning thing. Like, oh, powerful account notices you, then other people will find you. It was a learning curve.
1: We're all just like slaves to the algorithm. It's so hard to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really, it is. Um, So what you do on your account is you take, like, a really academic approach to analyzing the Kardashians. So Mm -hmm.
0: do you have, like, an academic background? Kind of. I don't have a PhD, but I loved my undergrad years at Sarah Lawrence right outside of New York City. And right when I finished, like, as soon as I finished undergrad, I went to Columbia for writing, for nonfiction writing. So it's not, like scholarship it was creative writing but Columbia had a very academic approach to that education so I read a lot of stuff um and then right after my writing program I went I stayed at Columbia for a psychology degree so I'm I have a master's in psychology as well so it's just been a lot of school and a lot of reading and a lot of papers um yeah and so sort of yeah and it's so fun looking at
1: things through that lens. I just did a grad degree last year too. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to talk about things yes. in this, through this lens all the time and no one ever wants to. So is it exciting for you that you get to do that every day with the Kardashians of all things?
0: Yes, it's so much fun. It's kind of like the outlet I need because my day job is being a psychotherapist. And so I do a lot of analysis, obviously, during the day. But I miss I miss writing. I miss thinking about ideas. I miss research because the yeah. account does bring me to... I learn about performance art. I learn about postmodernism. It's been really fun to kind of just do that on the side and, and think about these things. And the followers, like you said, the following is so amazing. There's, there's, there's Kardashian fans who want to kind of learn about them through that framework and then there's really academic people that are excited to talk about ideas and then the exchange between people that are curious about these ideas people that really know is really cool to see there's a lot of discussion on the account and there's a lot of followers that know so much more about theory than I do so I'm also learning stuff and people are making book recommendations that I find really exciting so yeah I agree the exchange of ideas is really fun. So what gave you the idea to start doing this? Um, so I my best friend put me onto the show. She was moving and she was, the, our apartment was empty. She, we were roommates and she was like, I want to watch luxury. <laughs> and she was a fan. I did, and I never really paid attention to them. And she put it on and I did not expect it to be so, I was really amazed by how self-referencing they were and how like, Different the editing seemed like it, there's something slightly different about the editing than a typical reality show somehow um, So I went and told my sister about it who was a film student um, At Smith in her undergrad and she was like Let me see and so I put it, her on it and she was the one that was like This is really postmodern like I want to name that let's we should do something. So it was my sister's idea Oh, cool. um, But we have a very big sister little sister relationship um, I'm the big sister And we kind of like had creative differences and she also had a lot more projects and sort of a social life she wanted to do. So we went our separate ways and I didn't want to give up on the account. And so I just got much more into it. And when I kind of really committed myself to it, that's when it seemed to start taking off more. Um, So she is now a guest contributor and she's such a valued voice on the account. But yeah, it was my sister's idea, but she didn't really want to stay with it. So I did. So you wouldn't have really watched the show on your own, right? No, I, I've always been peripherally interested in the Kim and Kanye sort of dynamic and the aesthetic. I always knew distantly Kanye kind of elevated Kim in a way, um, at least aesthetically and like fashion wise. Um, and that interested me. I like the pictures of them, but no, I, I never sought out the show. I have like a weird thing about reality TV. Like for me personally, it's a little bit like assaulting on my senses <laughs> and I'm very sensitive sensory wise. So it, it it was definitely that initiating process, which a lot of people tell me they have with the Kardashians, like someone put it on. Was that your experience? Wow.
1: Yeah, I was really snobby about them in the beginning
0: and I'm ashamed of it
1: now because I have realized how, like you said, postmodern it is and how interesting the show is and everything. And I, yeah, I just was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to watch it. And it was really similar when Kanye started dating Kim. I yeah. worshipped Kanye at that point, And I was like, okay, if Kanye sees something in this family and if he's talking them up so much, then there's got to be something there. And that's when I really started To kind of turn
0: around on them. Yeah totally. There was a legitimizing kind of process. That Kanye brought. And he did see something in them. He is a visionary. And he was able to see what they were doing. And really bring it to the next level.
1: Yeah and then the other thing. That really made me get into them. Was um, just how much slut shaming. Kim has dealt with. At such a high level. She's like you know. It's almost like a Monica Lewinsky 2.0. Sort of situation with her sex tape. And I i Am really, really, really interested in understanding why we slut shame and just getting people to stop doing that. And so I really yeah. felt for her in that way too. So that was once all of that sort of locked into place, I was like, "Wait, this is actually perfect for
0: me. I love this." Yeah, no, it's really interesting. Um, that's another facet that I agree with you was a is an interesting draw. Um, when I started doing research and some reading around, fam, this show and the subject. I came across, oh, relevant to the UK. I think she's based in the UK, this academic named Meredith Jones. I reference her basically any chance I can get. And I have to give her so much credit and anything I do like this because she's done really interesting work around celebrity and pop culture and the Kardashians, um, cosmetic surgery. Anyway, she wrote a, a piece for I forgot which publication. I think it's a UK based one. Um saying anytime there's so much aggression directed at something, you have to be curious why that gives us information about cultural anxieties or triggers. So that was, and I think there's a lot of wisdom there. And my favorite sort of clip of Kim addressing this dynamic that she has with the public with like all the slut shaming. Remember that clip when Kim is talking about Piers Morgan lambasting her. And then she says, he's, I guess he said, you only have so much success because you take all your clothes off. And she wrote a response to him where she said, Try finding success keeping your clothes on. It's actually really hard. And the way she says it, she's telling Courtney, and she's basically quoting herself from this dialogue she had with him. But it's one of my favorite clips of Kim. It's yeah, just
1: I have to look that, that up. At all. Yeah, totally. The thing is, and this will, this reminds me of your post that you did about Jamila Jamil saying how, you know, she needs the Kardashians to really exist. She wants to be the hero of a certain type of feminism. So she needs Kim to be the villain. And it's very similar to Piers Morgan because, okay, yeah, he doesn't make his money taking his clothes off, but he definitely makes a big chunk of his money complaining about other people taking their clothes off. Exactly.
0: Exactly. People find a lot of power in general, defining themselves in opposition to something. Yeah, and there is such a long history of slut shaming, and so much just stuff women have put up with and been project like objects to be projected on. That it's a really, really convenient kind of lazy go-to.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's crazy to see people still bring it up with her all the time. It's insane. Yeah. So let's get to the cancellation. Were you surprised? I was shocked. I had no idea this was coming.
0: I was surprised. I was in a session with a client when it happened or when the news broke. And then I finished the session and looked at my phone and my phone had basically blown up. I was very <laughs> flattered that I was the first one everyone thought of. Um, I When I saw the news, I was shocked. Um, when it started to... Si- Sink in, I was kind of like, oh, this makes sense. Chris is up to something. This timing could make sense in a way. Like, it's a certainly they're not overstaying their welcome. Some people might say that they are, um, but I think it's a pretty good, clean ending. The surprise tells us a lot that we were, weren't quite ready, maybe. Um, I don't think it's actually the end, but yes, I was surprised at first, we'll say.
1: Yeah, I think it's really. Uh, noteworthy just how they were able to keep this under wraps for so long because there wasn't even a blind item about it.
0: Mm -hmm. How did they do that? They've got some uh, process of PR, like layers, 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 security. It's so Kris Jenner. I don't know how they do it.
1: Yeah. And the, the big question that this made me think of is, you know, they kept this a secret. They kept Kylie's pregnancy a secret, which actually not to brag, but I knew about it because I knew someone who knew someone who was friends with Travis Scott. And apparently all of Travis Scott's friends were just talking openly about it. So oh we found out like before it was even rumored, we found That's out. Fun. Yeah. So that I was like, I can't believe that just a bunch of random kids yeah. in Calabasas know about this and, and like the rest of the world doesn't. But anyway- yeah my point is they are good at keeping a secret when they want to yeah so it kind of brings up the question when things have leaked in the past is that because they were dropped on purpose like the Tristan and Jordan Woods thing what's what are your
0: thoughts on that oh my gosh yeah I think Chris owns obviously the E like network and all the news breaks on E um that is like just pure storytelling and then TMZ I think she's got a relationship with too Mm -hmm. so those leaks are surely intentional. I think those. I think she's probably got those relationships where she's steering the ship, and I bet she's got relationships with other outlets. Maybe not where she's like pushing narratives, but certainly developing um, mutual understandings of this can't leak yet. And cool. I, I think pretty much only she can get away with that somehow. I know she definitely knows what's up. Um, yeah. And
1: I feel like I also want to clear Jordan Woods' name just for anyone who's listening, because this was such a big debate when that all happened. Mm-hmm. I said from the beginning, I was like, I bet you Chloe and Tristan were on a break when this happened. Like, I bet you a gazillion dollars because there's no way Jordan would be that dumb, mm-hmm. like for lack of a better word, to yeah. to hook up with Chloe's boyfriend. And it turned out they were, right?
0: Didn't that come out recently? Um, I don't know if it came out but I like that theory it actually I never thought of that before of of all things that kind of came ran through my mind when that happened because I the one feeling I had was like Jordan why would you do that though like it is dumb Um, and I loved her and Kylie their friendship was so sweet Um, I think a lot of us can identify with that closeness with a best friend Um, so that makes a lot of sense Chloe interest in being so on and off that it would have happened then.
1: Yeah, and now they're apparently back on. But I just feel like, yeah, it probably is good that the show is going off the air because the Chloe and Tristan stuff is so boring and it's just so repetitive. But Mm -hmm. do you think, so the big, one of the big predictions, I want to go through some of the stuff. I had some of the listeners send some questions in about the cancellation. And the biggest one was, uh, will Chris join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? What do you think about that?
0: Um, a commenter when there was discourse under one of the posts about it said this. So I want to make sure I give them some due credit, but I totally agree. I don't think Chris is going to do anything where she can't control the narrative. Um, so I'm, if it happened, I'd be like, okay, this is a good deal. Maybe Chris was like, sure, but I I don't think so. I agree. I don't think she would ever
1: do that. It's like, this is a weird comp- comparison, but when people were saying Oprah should run for president, it's like why would Oprah run for president? She's Oprah. Right.
0: Her right. life's
1: so much better than being president. Why would Chris go yes. on Well housewives? She's Chris, you know? Like Yes. There's nothing for her there. She doesn't need it. Yeah, so.
0: she totally. She's exactly. She's Oprah. Side note, my sister who went to Smith when she graduated, Oprah was the commencement speaker. Oh. <gasps> and- it was its own like amazing thing. Um, and she, when she did the commencement speech, she had not planned anything. She got up there and just talked, and it was an amazing speech, but she was winging it, which is like, okay, yeah, Oprah's Oprah's beyond, she's transcendent. Yeah, she
1: is. She's on yeah. another level. And yeah. Chris, I guess, is the Oprah of reality TV, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Who else, who else comes close? Maybe Andy nope. Cohen, but he's not on a show. Right. So. Andy Co- iconic but it's still not quite Chris
1: yeah Chris really made something out of nothing I mean I mean she had a couple things going for her with the with Caitlyn and with the Kardashian name recognition but you know that's it Mm
0: -hmm. they weren't
1: really one of my other favorite things about them that people don't realize is that they weren't really that rich when they first started right? right yeah they were like middle upper middle class but they weren't you know, rolling in it. And they, they did a really good job of sort of portraying that lifestyle similar to the girls on pretty wild, which we talked about a few episodes back, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they were not even living in that house, the pretty wild family. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yeah, with Chris and with the Kardashians, they just, they did such a good job, you know, doing that sort of alchemy of making it look like they were these big like up and coming superstars when they weren't.
0: Yes. Uh, I remember that when they they were kind of like elevating Kim in these storylines as like this sort of pop celebrity that she wasn't quite yet. And I also think one of the things that makes us so interested in the show is watching evolution in general, like watching these relationships evolve and change, watching their bodies and faces change more and more. And there's like a class piece to it of watching them kind of elevate in in L.A. more and more. Their houses are changing. Their lifestyles are changing. And I think there's something captivating about that for people on a primitive sort of level even. Right. We love a rags to riches story, even if we don't think
1: the rags were that bad. You know, when Kim and Kanye got their Vogue cover... I was working. I think I was at the New York Observer at the time, and the entire newsroom was just like, oh! "We could not believe it." It was that was the dawn of a new era. I feel like.
0: Yes, it was like a coming out for them in a way.
1: Yeah, because I think when when did the car, when did the show first start? Like 2006, right? Around... Like 2006, 2007. So back then, I think reality TV shows were sort of this flotsam and jetsam, just you know the the underbelly of Mm -hmm. tv nobody was proud to watch it it was still a really big guilty pleasure which it still kind of is but now you have these people who are you know they're become they're getting a-list name recognition just from reality shows and that's something that the kardashians pretty much invented i guess maybe paris hilton and
0: nicole ritchie too but they were kind of facility like they were preliminary groundwork for sure like a really important sort of pre-groundwork for it but this going to the Met Gala being on Vogue covers this is some yeah Kris Jenner Kardashian stuff for sure
1: yeah the Met Gala too I I'm mm-hmm. still praying I don't know if Chloe and Courtney uh, will ever be
0: invited but yeah I don't think so I thought <laughs> about that before too I'm not sure that'll happen but certainly yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the rest of them have done a
1: really good job with that. So, Mm -hmm. okay, we both agree. There's probably no way Chris is going to go on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think something for people to think about with that is, yes, she would kind of fit because she's friends with those ladies and she's on reality TV. But for, I don't know, for listeners, think about why she would ever do that. Why would she do it? How would it benefit her? It's just not really, it just doesn't really make sense. So, do you think maybe they are going to go to another streaming platform
0: or just another network in general? That's been my go-to theory. Um, I'm learning. I'm I'm more I'm better with the theory and the academic stuff. The media stuff I'm always learning. Um, my sister now works in media, so I learn a lot from her. I'm learning that there are new networks where there's like fusions of social media and like TV somehow like TV networks that are there's just, there's, there's all this growing new stuff, hybrid stuff, fusion stuff happening with like the collapse between social media and television. Um, so if that stuff's happening, the Kardashians like to be at the helm of everything new medium wise. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, uh, we've had enough here with E we're going to do something more innovative. Um, that seems most likely I don't think they're going away. I don't think they could stand fading into obscurity in any way. They're just going to keep building. Um, It could be that they're going to take a few years off, though, before they do that. Either they'll jump to a new, interesting sort of network thing, or they might be doing a different kind of strategy of taking a step back and coming back with with a big you know, comeback thing in a few years.
1: Yeah. The only thing that makes me wonder with that is – some new reporting came out that the reason they left E was because E wouldn't give them enough money or Mm -hmm. as much money as they wanted. But Mm -hmm. I was looking up the ratings and their live TV ratings have plummeted. So Mm -hmm. the season four finale in February, 2010 had 4.8 million total viewers. That Mm -hmm. was their peak 4.8 million viewers. And then the most recent episode had 810,000 Mm. So they went from 4.8 million to 810,000 viewers. Wow. That is like insane. So yeah,
0: a huge drop.
1: Yeah. And I mean, live TV obviously is kind of going by the wayside anyway, because I think part of the problem probably is that if you don't have cable, it's impossible to watch the freaking show. Like e, mm-hmm. If you didn't have an e-login mm-hmm. through, a, through a regular traditional cable company, you couldn't watch it. But the thing is, since they've already plummeted so much with their ratings, I have a hard time imagining a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or something ponying up a ton of money for them because Mm -hmm. they've proven over the last few seasons that, you know, their appeal is sort of waning. So Mm -hmm. I don't really know. I don't really know if that
0: is going to work. So that will be interesting to see. Yes, it will, for sure. That kind of hearing that makes me think that maybe it is they're gonna they're gonna plan a comeback sort of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you so what do you think was the moment when you know, when Donald Trump came into office, mm-hmm. everybody blamed it, not everybody, but a lot of people blamed it on the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Do you think they played a role in sort of normalizing reality TV people being kind of quote unquote respectable? Or do you think this is just people looking for a woman to blame?
0: (laughs) Um, It's so funny that this is a question today because I've been mulling this over lately. Not that it's the Kardashians fault, but I've been in the early, early stages of planning something to write about how there is a certain reality TV culture that's becoming more and more a cornerstone of American culture. Um, I don't think we can blame the Kardashians for his election. Um, They're just a go-to blame game all the time for everything. Um, But I do think the relationship between the media and Trump was significant when he when he was running his campaign. And I don't I that's where I'm like, I need more time. I've been needing more time to kind of look into all of that, like really what the theories are around how the media played a role in his election. But he was certainly fed attention and covered a lot and kind of made more ubiquitous during his campaign. And I think that is important during a presidential election that you see him a lot. Um, so the culture was primed for something crazy like this and crazy shenanigans are a big part of reality TV. And this was one big crazy shenanigan that went too far and now has been legitimized. So there probably is some sort of like triad of like Trump media, reality TV, uh, but I'm not sure exactly how.
1: Yeah. It's probably just a correlation and not a case of causation because what you're saying that makes total sense because I think something that we've all been kind of trying to figure out for the last few years is how to not signal boost something that we find repellent or negative or bad. It's Mm -hmm. like people have gotten used to hate watching things on Mm -hmm. reality TV. People are hate watching Trump all the time. I have to tell my family members and other people, stop sending me things about Trump. I don't want to know. I know he's terrible. I don't need to see... him saying another terrible thing. So I think, yeah, maybe, maybe reality TV has primed us to sort of tolerate things that are abhorrent and make more people see them, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, totally. Well said. I agree.
1: But also we've always liked stupid lowbrow crap. That's another thing that people don't really understand. It's like, you know before we had reality tv we had wwe before we had real housewives we had soap operas you know there's always been sort of lowbrow stuff that people like but but one other thing that is interesting is the website i worked at it was like a light switch when donald trump won we Mm. the traffic on stories about the kardashians plummeted Mm. so i think it there was a sense of people being like this isn't cute anymore we can't be indulging in this sort of guilty pleasure of reality Mm -hmm. stars anymore, because look where it has gotten us. Mm. But they still do get clicks in general, you know? It's just, they were getting the most clicks ever before that. And it was so funny because people would always, you know, you see, I'm sure you get comments like this on your account of people being like, why are you talking about them? They're so stupid, just Mm -hmm. stop. And it's like, again, every time you leave a comment like that, you're signal boosting the post. Yeah. And second of all, you're talking about it because people are interested in it. You know, there's a reason why,
0: like as a member of the media, there's a reason why we cover certain stories. It's because everyone wants to read about it. <laughs> yes, totally. There's a whole economy around the Kardashians. Like I'm also making the account as an outlet. I'm also a writer. I I wanted to build an audience to kind of share ideas. And the Kardashians are like the framework for that. But I'm also just writing and trying to be a writer. So... And I've been connected to other artists or creatives by their interest in the Kardashians. And so the ways that they kind of are this like hub that facilitates networks and um, expressions of ideas is really interesting. And people are shaping their identities around liking them or not liking them. It's really that part of it's interesting, too.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Something that I always talk about with people who complain about celebrities and celebrity culture is we're not meant to like celebrities and celebrities aren't meant to be good people because if they were just good all the time, there would be no story and we, no one would know who they were. Mm -hmm. And now with the pandemic and everything, a lot of people have been saying, oh, we don't need celebrities anymore. But what you're saying is you know, proving we use celebrities to relate yes. to each other. That is the whole point of them. So do you think that part of the reason for them being canceled is because people don't want to see it anymore? What are your thoughts about that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, when you made that point earlier about clicks sort of tanked when Trump won at your at the website you were at, um, I think that that same sort of phenomenon is happening now with COVID and with the social change that's happening in this country where people are feeling very politically engaged and um, very scared and destabilized by uh, Corona and by Trump and this upcoming election. So I do think there's some cynicism and some fatigue with the Kardashians. And I think the Kardashians know that. I think it hit them that this isn't quite working. Whatever we have to share on social media, people actually don't wanna see. I think in the beginning with Corona, they were like, OK, well, we're going to continue to be that luxury outlet for people. We're going to show people us hanging out in our beautiful homes and we're going to like, I don't know, take road trips to these beautiful places. And people want to see our little our fun lifestyle while they're kind of cooped up. That's what they you know, they watch our show. I think there's some backlash that was significant. It wasn't just like a few haters. I think a lot of people were like, what is this? we don't want to see you traveling and your beautiful outfits in your beautiful homes. So I think that was part of the, the judgment call they ended up making to just pull the plug or take a step back because there's a lot happening in the United States right now. And people are very, they care and they're overwhelmed, but they care and they're engaged. So I think they're like, oh, we're competing with really important stuff on a cynical, I mean, I don't want to sound cynical, but I think they were kind of like, we can't compete with this. It's not good for business. Let's just take a break. And they, I think it was the right choice. Yeah,
1: I think you're so right. I think that's probably definitely had something to do with it because they're smart. They know what they're doing. I mean, they became this level of famous when the dominating narrative was everybody hates them. So they know what they're doing. They were making choices that no one else really was making because they were unpopular choices and that's how they got big. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's so true. Cause you know, in the beginning of the pandemic we saw such a backlash against the Imagine video Mm
0: -hmm. and the
1: Vanessa Hudgens thing and people are annoyed at, but I I did some thinking about that. And with the Imagine video, I think the reason people got so mad about that is because it was so fake and it was so insincere And it was so it was them saying we're all in this together when we demonstrably are not. Yeah, they were literally showing us how much nicer their houses were than yeah. the rest of ours. Yes, so then, but then, you know, if you look at the gossip news throughout the pandemic, it's still going. It's still yeah. continuing. Yeah. So we're still talking about celebrities. We yeah. are always going to talk about celebrities. It's just that they have to now find if they want to stay relevant. They have to find a better way to relate to us.
0: Right, totally. If They they could stick around feasibly and be the scapegoats and the performers that they are for us. But they could burn out the way things are right now. We do have a need for celebrity, like capital C celebrity as a concept, I think. Um, But I think they don't want to play that role because it's risky right now. And they know when to move it towards and then move away from whatever these hot button things are. And they've had a lot of like opportunities to move towards uh, the limelight and to kind of manipulate the media and play these games in the past, even when things were kind of crazy for our country. But this is, I think, too much. And they figured it out and they were like, let's move away from it. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: the other thing that's really interesting is they started the show in an economic downturn. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not like this is new. They were sort of, there was a big movement toward escapist media during the recession of 2008 with rich people being on
0: reality shows and everything like that. So what do you think is different now? It's the, the intersection of everything that's happening. So there is the, you know, economic depression that we might be facing because of Corona. There's the Corona anxiety and stress and loss and grief in general. And then there is this important social kind of racial change happening in the United States. And it's an intersection of so many things. And then Trump and the election that's coming up. Um, There is so much. It's not just sort of that economic collapse that we saw back then. And back then there was a ready reality TV hadn't been developed the way they went on to develop it. So there was also some novelty to reality TV that I think made people excited to escape and get into that world. And then final point is what we kind of touched on earlier, how we did watch the Kardashians grow and elevate and their sort of class experience and status. So when they started, they might have been a little more relatable in terms of being middle upper class or whatever they were and then we watched them kind of balloon into this insane millionaire wealth luxury excess sort of status so i think people probably enjoyed watching that growth and now it's kind of capped the same way my partner always says capitalism is eventually going to collapse so maybe they're kind of at that sort of collapse moment and they know they want to move away from the edge yeah i think
1: yeah they i was wondering if maybe they said to themselves okay we have enough not we yeah. have enough money but we have enough mechanisms yeah. in place to continue yeah. earning at a place where we don't have to put every single thing on tv
0: yes yeah because, I think
1: right yeah like how much money do you really need and it would be cool if they would come out and say that but mm-hmm. the other thing i think is logistically i don't think a lot of them wanted to do it anymore i think Kim and Chloe are probably the only, and Chris, obviously, are probably the only ones who still wanted to do the show. And they just
0: can't carry that whole show. Yeah, totally. They were, when they were all in it, they were kind of like energized, moving pieces. The interesting thing about the different episodes was they would create different combinations of people. Scott and Kendall go hang out for a day for whatever, you know, mission they have. Chris and Kylie get some mother-daughter time, and so and then they would kind of switch. Uh, Kim and Kylie get a day together. Kim and Courtney. So, if there's not that energy between the, the entire system, it is gonna start to to burn out. And they need each other. It's really interrelated, which is the beauty of it, and so exciting to watch about it. This this connectedness to be watching people love to watch connections and relationships, um, and they might be tired. They might be tired of themselves. They might be tired of what it is to shoot, and they might just want to take a break.
1: Yeah. Also, I think a big issue logistically is the gap between their social media posts that sort of show us what they're doing and the gossip articles that tell us what they're doing, and then the three, four, five months later when it airs on the show. It's sort of like they're just letting it all out too early, and maybe... I think that's where your idea of like a hybrid network comes in where they have a model where things are sort of unfolding in real time because the typical TV network layout isn't really serving them anymore, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's something there. I think it'll be a challenge for them because they also do like to go through edit, create episodes Um, and narratives and, and control the narrative so if they're doing something in real time that will pose an interesting challenge to them it'll be harder to control the narrative but they'll find a way they always do yeah true a lot of people so I've seen like a mix but more to to your point where a lot of commenters on my account have been like people are bored some people are like oh like this news is dropping on Instagram now and I'm really invested. Can't wait to see how they cover it on the show. So some people are excited for like three months later to see how they handle things that we already know, but more and more people are kind of like, cool. This is old news, which is a really interesting testament to the media cycle and how yeah. it affects
1: Yeah. I mean, for me personally, the show has gotten
0: boring. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? So here's my other confession. I'll, I'll, I'll be totally honest about all the things I don't know. I don't know a lot about um, media, and I don't know a lot, or like cutting edge media, and I don't know a lot about the later up seasons because I've been watching chronologically. So mm-hmm. I'm still at the Paris episode. I'm still there. Um, I'm <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So there's a lot to come for me. So that I was going to my next question was, when do you
1: think the show jumped the shark? And this is something I've been thinking about a lot, because I think the answer to that question is the Paris robbery, Mm -hmm. because I think that was a time when, you know, Kim shut down all of her social media accounts for a Mm -hmm. month or two. She changed her whole approach And that sort of made, and that was right after the Trump election. So Mm. it just sort of, it sort of shut them down as a unit at a really critical time. And I don't Mm. know if they ever built back the momentum again of that. Mm. And then there were also people saying, why are you putting this robbery on TV? Did you fake it? This is insane. But of course they say that about everything they do. But I was thinking about the whole concept of jumping the shark and, I think they've been jumping the shark consistently since the first season because that is sort of what reality TV is, you know? Because, like, if you look at where we got the expression jump the shark, we got it from Happy Days because Fonzie jumps his motorcycle over a shark, which is – it's just such a perfect – way of explaining what it is. It's like, okay, we have this character, Fonzie. He's really cool and tough, and he loves his motorcycle. We've run out of things for him to do with his motorcycle. Let's have <laughs> him jump over a shark. So, like, yeah. with the Kardashians, they had enough drama. They will always have self-perpetuating drama with their relationships and dating and their careers and everything, but they also have always thrown in these little shark-jumpy moments every yes. season. Like, yes. in and the first... Example of that is in season one when they gave a homeless man a makeover.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you remember Oh my that? god, I forgot about that. They did, yeah. They there were a lot of gimmicky shenanigans that were just like absurd. I agree. I think that's a great theory that they've been jumping the shark. And the other interesting thing that 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 we're even asking that question is Happy Days. Jumping the shark is generally referred to. With fictional TV, like with episodes, mm-hmm. with stories. And we're, that also tells us how much we have legitimized The Kardashians specifically as a reality show. We don't ask that question about other reality shows, but with them, it's that we've been invested in stories somehow. That's as though, so true. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I just, I always liked those shark jump moments for them too, the gimmicky storylines, because I think the thing that also drew me into the show when I did finally give it a chance was the fact that this was a close family that were hanging out all the time. I don't get to see my cousins a lot, but we would have a similar relationship to the Kardashians. I don't really get to see my sister that much. And I think that's true for a lot of people in the yep. US that you don't really see your family that much. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun to watch a family joke around and be idiots together. Like, I think that's so much of just the show's appeal is that simple, it's just the Brady Bunch.
0: Yes absolutely and that was one of the funniest things when I went back and was watching like the fir- the pilot and like the early early episodes they were trying to kind of pitch it that way like I think Kim says we're the they, I think Chris and Kim at some different points say we're the Brady Bunch with a twist so they were kind of like on that tip too um, and it's true just watching family play out is comforting and um, relatable in a lot of ways or if it's not relatable it's comforting
1: yeah And I think it got a little too dark in the last few seasons. You'll see as you keep watching it, but Mm. I don't know. There's definitely a tone shift around the Chris Humphreys era where they sort of start to rely less on the fun, feel-good moments and more on real-life terrible things like Lamar Odom ODing. That's not fun. That's not fun to watch or talk about. It's sad. Mm -hmm. So once they started getting into that stuff... I think this happens with every reality show, though. Like, they sometimes will tend to focus a little too much on the drama Mm -hmm. and not enough on
0: the fun things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I could see that. The more comfortable they got um, on camera, the more it kind of integrated into their everyday lives. Because there's a real rawness and realness to the show. That's also what's interesting about it. And then you're trying to figure out, was that real or was that part of the constructed narrative for the episode was that real or was that staged? I, I find that whole dance really, really interesting. Um, but there's heavy stuff happening to them. They were becoming icons, crazy stuff happens to icons. Yeah. Um, and it comes along with that level of fame and bigness. Um, I agree the Paris episode is some sort of turning point. I'm really curious to see how it goes after that. Um, they had to cover it in the show. I feel like they knew they had a certain responsibility to, to get ahead of the narrative um, and to talk about it. Is at that point they built up this very loyal and captive audience. Um, but it was plus, a big thing to make that choice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, plus it humanized Kim a lot. Yes, it did. You know, the thought of her being literally tied up and thinking she's going to die. I mean, that is, it's so crazy that that happened and that she sort of went through that. Um, So that probably, I guess it was a savvy decision for them just in terms of her her as a TV character to say, oh, look, she can be really, really vulnerable too. So the other huge question that everyone's asking is how much of this has to do with Kanye and his current mental state and his presidential run. So what
0: are your thoughts on that? That was the first thought I think of a lot of people. Um, That was like the flood of comments I was getting. This is surely about Kanye. Um, I think it's a factor because I do think he kind of like tore open some of their facade, their facade of realness. Like they share so much, but in a certain controlled way. Um, and he, he just was saying stuff that was beyond what he really like, probably should have been saying or that what, and he knew that. Um, so I think they realized that he was kind of a liability in this way. And there's a lot of care that he needs now. That's like, I think beyond what they were probably doing before. Um, but I still think they're prepared to overcome these things. Um, when they happen, even if I think this was next level and it probably overwhelmed them, even them, but I still think it's only a factor. I agree. I think I agree completely. I think it is a small part of
1: it because I mean, one of the things he said, he said, the things that he said at that one press conference where he was walking around and talking and he mentioned, you know, stuff about, you know, possibly having an abortion and things like that, that was so, over the line and I think that it's possible that Kim said to herself okay if I want him to be quiet about anything I can't have a reality show anymore has officially gone too far but Mm -hmm. I do agree that it also has to do with the ratings where we are as a society and everything else like that yeah and one thing I'm getting really sick of seeing is people saying why doesn't Kim do more to help him because he's a grown man and people don't understand what bipolar disorder even is.
0: Yeah. It's just yeah. so
1: frustrating to watch people run their mouths off about that aspect of it. It's just like, yeah. you know, I've been trying to sort of pay as little attention to that as possible because I just don't think it's serving anyone for us to, again, signal boost what's going on with yeah. him. And it is really strange to see people covering it in a credulous way you know it it's just yeah it's really weird but I also think if she really wanted to keep the show going she would you know despite this so yeah yeah, I, I agree with you yeah I think yeah it's just sort of it's one of those things I mean they kept the show going again when Lamar had an OD at a literal brothel so it's like they
0: you know they're prepared to kind of move forward if they really want to. They're, they have their ways of kind of, they're really good. They have always been good at riding these waves and and working with them. That's a really interesting thing about them. So they probably would have found a way, but I think they were getting tired, concerned about the ratings, all the other things, the confluence of things we were just talking about. But I also agree the way people have processed Kanye in the news and his breakdown in the news and again blaming Kim, this convenient scapegoat, for everything has been frustrating. And I've seen such an incredible misunderstanding of bipolar, specifically mania that borders on psychotic or paranoid. Like that's what we're looking at. I mean, I can't I'm not his practitioner. I I I can't diagnose him formally at all, but from what I see, it's very textbook very serious. Um, and people have been really um, quick to, to judge and decide what it is. And in kind of self-serving ways, they're projecting their own stuff most of the time, I think.
1: Yeah. And you're as a professional in that field, in the psychotherapy yeah. field, what do you think people need to understand about this? What do you think is the biggest thing that people aren't getting?
0: So I could it's really possible that I'm wrong about this. If he stabilizes and he's still being racist and Trump supporting and problematic, then yeah, these are values that he's somehow developed over the years um, and I stand corrected. But right now in the state that he's in, I, I and I'm inclined to do this because of the work I do. Like I just, I have a muscle memory, like and I'm, I just can't pass judgment yet. Um, I know what he's been saying is really hurtful, so hurtful for so many people. Most of my friends, I have it's only been until now with the severity of this breakdown that I'm actually talking about it because he was canceled among most of my friends. And I get why they needed to do that and why they wanted to do that. Um, But the content of what he's saying doesn't mean much because he is to me because he's so clearly manic, manic bordering on psychotic. And you do say paranoid stuff not always, it's different for every person, but you are very capable of internalizing cultural anxieties and then outputting them in a state like that um, and provocative things. So people are saying you can be mentally ill, but you don't say stuff like that. I can't tell you the kind of stuff I've heard people say when they're in a state like that. And so... That's the main thing where it's like... and But I get it. It's hurting people. It's really hard for people to hear. Um, and there's a lot of cynicism about, about him and the family. But there's been a personality change, too, through the years. This is the same person that said, on live TV, George Bush doesn't care about Black people, which was amazing. There's, things like that are why I, I really liked Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, he cared so much. And now he's turning his back on so many people and saying wild stuff. That contrast is probably pathological um and so I'm just I just I see it a little differently but that's also because of where I sit and in this kind of stuff
1: Yeah. yeah I feel like I my thing is I'm trying to just ignore it I feel like that's the best thing people can do right is there's no need to I mean we're talking about it right now but we're talking about it in the context of let's not try to find any deep meaning in his actions right now because this is just what's going on and you know yeah like you said it's okay of course to be hurt by what he's saying but yeah I just think you know when when it becomes as soon as he starts tweeting and everyone starts
0: retweeting and analyzing it I'm just like oh guys stop this isn't helping anyone it's yeah it's when it when those initial tweets started happening when it was like what was he saying when he was saying like Chris call me and I'm not supposed to talk about X, Y, Z things. There was a feeling to those tweets that were next level to me, and I was really sad.
1: Yeah. So what do you think about Kim getting involved in law and seemingly politics because she has had a few meetings with Donald Trump? Some people are
0: really angry at her for normalizing him. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was only a matter of time. I wouldn't have predicted it for her, but if I sat down and really thought about it, I guess I should have because she's from you know her dad's a iconic lawyer a historic lawyer um and it they covered every domain you can cover they've covered beauty fitness reality tv family narratives like they really have covered everything under the sun and really manifested all these different ways to tell these stories politics in that domain was bound to happen like they were sending Courtney to Washington to talk about like organic beauty stuff and environmental law or whatever yeah I forgot about that yeah yeah they were priming them to kind of have a foot in that door so Kim and her uh social her sort of social justice framework was in probably some ways a response to the criticisms that she's faced when it comes to race and appropriation, which is an important conversation to have. It was also probably a natural mode to step into with the law background and her family. And finally, they did have to grapple with the fact that Trump was president. And so having presence in the White House, having photos with him, being seen with him, probably was some sort of attempt at touching on the intersection of fans that probably were trump supporters and then the fans that hate it and wants to see change so she's in a weird way playing both sides and i don't want to yeah i don't want to say like that's the only reason why but again it just kind of all was a confluence of things that probably made sense to them and it'll be cool if she becomes a lawyer and she shows us that she can do that and if she makes some meaningful change People are saying it's not enough, but I do think incremental change is how things happen and get done. And and so the reform that she's pushing for, it's it's certainly better than nothing. And it was an active decision that surprised a lot of us. So she didn't have to do it. And that's interesting, too. This is elective, and it could actually make somewhat of a difference.
1: Yeah. And it does help her burnish her public image a lot because you know she could just become a lady who lunches and raise money for charity but instead she's getting down and dirty like this is hard work and it's controversial work because Mm -hmm. some of the people who she's advocating getting out of jail people have stepped up and said wait a minute this guy you know there's been one or two that were really controversial because they they had a really you know, their record was not great. And she's just like, well, you know what? I still think they were wrongfully accused. So Mm -hmm. I am still going to fight for this, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is she, with the Donald Trump thing. And again, like you're saying to look at both sides, her sort of playing both sides, I think they probably did when they saw him get into office and saw probably some of their numbers go down a little bit. They probably were like, "Oh, how are we gonna deal with this? People are either subconsciously or consciously associating us with this really hateful guy." And yeah, I, I guess Kim's move was to say, "Well, if people are gonna associate us anyway, then I might as well get in there and yes. do something good." So that's exactly. pretty. That's pretty cool. I think.
0: Yeah, it's very again very interesting. They are masterminds they really think it through it's it is not dumb they are definitely smart on the on the level of if we see kim actually become an attorney takes brains to do that and hard work but also on the level of these these um kind of i don't want to say manipulations but facilitations very interesting yeah yeah i
1: think we can expect this is my personal opinion i think we can expect kim to run for office at some point
0: a lot of people saying that yeah
1: And I think we can expect to see Meghan Markle and Bethany Frankel run for office. And I just want to go on the record saying that because I
0: feel like it's going to happen. Because Bethany, do you pay attention to Real Housewives at all? Not really. But I did watch of New York back when I was in high school and dreaming of moving to New York. So I do remember Bethany and I really liked her. I've only watched a season or two, but I liked her a lot.
1: Yeah. So she does. Um, a lot of advocacy for whatever the biggest disaster is. You, she's usually getting in there, like with the hurricane in Puerto Rico and everything. She did more than our government did, I'm pretty sure, by a pretty big measure. Wow. Um, and so she's getting involved in these sort of NGO kind of activities, and it's sort of parallel to things that the government would be doing. But she's also been very careful not to ever trash Trump. Mm -hmm. And not because she was on The Apprentice. That was how she sort of became known before Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. And she the fact that she has never said anything bad about Trump while also sort of taking up activities to actively, you know, right the wrongs that he Mm -hmm. is sort of doing makes me think that she has it in her head that maybe she might run someday. So she needs to withhold any judgment or criticism of anybody who's in office now because she never knows how it's going to play out down the line. I don't know.
0: Yes, that's very political. And the Kardashians are very, they're very much like politicians and how they control their narratives and plan their next steps. So that's really interesting. I don't know that about what she's, that she's been up to that lately. That's, that's, I've always thought she was driven and grounded and smart and pretty cool.
1: Yeah, she is. She's really smart. I like her. Um, So Along with this cancellation, E! also canceled E! News. I know you said media is not so much your thing, but do you have any thoughts on what the future of E! is going to be? Because these were their two tentpole programs, you know? Like, the Kardashians and E! News. I can't name any other show that's on E! Yeah,
0: I can't either. Um, Something might be up with E! Maybe something weird's happening and is afoot if they're bailing and uh, E! News is going away. They were... Such a pillar. Like, I remember my mom watching E! And wasn't Talk Soup on E! too? Yeah. That was, like, a funny thing that would be on in our house. Um, Fashion Police with Joan Rivers. Yeah, some iconic stuff. I don't know. I mean, without those shows, it feels like they might collapse. I don't yeah. want to... Collapse, but it sounds it doesn't sound good,
1: yeah. And I mean, the numbers on the Kardashian ratings that was their biggest show. So, if the Kardashians went from nearly 5 million to 800,000 in 10 years, you have to assume that E has probably been on a similar trajectory. So, yeah. I don't know. Pray for E, I love E, I don't want them to go away. Totally, totally, we need them. So, as we start to wrap up, yeah, I. I've been noticing this is just something I want to touch on really briefly. I've been yep. noticing Kylie is finally getting backlash. Mm-hmm. So when she first kind of hit the scene with her overlined lips, that was sort of the first peep we heard from her was the rumors of the lip injections and her saying no I'm overlining them. Um she was sort of People felt sympathy for her and Kendall, I think, in a way that they didn't for the older sisters because people yeah. would say, oh, they're just the older ones are fame whores, blah, blah, blah. They're bad role models. But, oh, these poor younger girls, they can't help it. They've been on TV since they were little. Yeah. But now everyone is really seeming to be criticizing Kylie because of the yeah. fake billionaire thing. What yeah. are your
0: thoughts on that? Have you noticed that? Do you You don't post as much about the younger ones, do you? kind of no, actually now that you say it not intentionally but it's interesting to think about that um she is getting backlash i found her post during covid kind of annoying i got my people were over it she was traveling a lot and she seemed to be one of the most luxury porny of all the sisters during corona and that was kind of like i don't really even i don't, I don't want to see that really um she, people might feel like she's old enough to kind of take the heat now she's older mm-hmm. she's a mother um she is the next generation they were definitely always setting up kendall and kylie to be the inheritors of this fame when the kardashians sort of aged out which is its own problematic thing to say um but i think they were setting up for that yeah so it might just be that it's her turn really yeah yeah
1: yeah and i think the They were sort of setting her up as, look how hard of a worker she is. Look how smart of a businesswoman she is. She made a billion. And then it turned out, well, she didn't really make a billion. And then now, like, two days ago, it came out that Cody is being sued because they might have inflated the value of the stuff. So it's sort of looking like her whole hard work thing was a lot of – not to say she doesn't work, but a lot of – because I have no idea – but a lot of smoke and mirrors surrounding her net worth. So I guess that's probably why and we're in such an eat the rich mood finally.
0: Yes, so. yes, we are in that mood. That right, to your point, I kind of like floated away from that. I never understood the billionaire thing. I don't understand the pride in being a billionaire and I also don't understand why we care if she is or isn't or if she was lying about it or not. Like we're so used to them embellishing the truth or whatever we we know that they do with the truth. I don't know if embellishment is quite the right right word, but we know there's a weird relationship with the truth with them. So I was kind of like, why are we so outraged that she might not be a billionaire? Why do we care if she is? Why do they care if she is? So that whole back and forth, I won't lie, like kind of didn't interest me. But I saw that my followers cared, and so I was kind of like, I would touch on it now and then. But And I also always figured, I thought the Forbes cover was more Kardashian-like, silliness in a way like when she wasn't self-made and i feel like they knew that too and they put that narrative out because it would outrage bait a little bit i I think it's me we all know like so the thing about kylie working like you said like we don't know what she does i kind of doubt it i think she's the she's sort of the poster girl for it um and it's interesting business it's 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 chris jenner (laughs) To bring it all full circle, it goes back to Chris Jenner doing, I think, pretty much everything. Um, so I kind of, I didn't take any of it seriously, like, from from the start, really.
1: Yeah, I think the billionaire thing definitely put a target on her back. Yes. If they just let her keep flying under the radar and take that overvalued lip kit money and ride off into the sunset with it, I think she would probably just remain sort of a Darling of the media, Mm -hmm. of social media at least. But yeah, I think that kind of messed it up. And I was really surprised that Forbes took them at their word because, yeah, Forbes wrote this like sort of, you know, venomous takedown of Kylie saying, oh, she fudged the numbers. They lied because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, all right, well, you believed them. Like, (laughs) do you think they weren't fudging the numbers? Also, you're in the business of naming billionaires. You don't think they're all fudging the numbers? Exactly. Totally. I don't know. That was just weird to me. But, but yeah. So
0: what do you think is going to be next for the Kardashians? Mm-hmm. If I had to predict it, and I totally could be wrong, they're one of two things, but I'm leaning more towards the second thing. The hybrid network thing. They come out on some new platform. Or someone pointed out Chris could end up running her own network. I forgot to mention that, which I think is a really good theory. Um, Alternatively, or a version of both, they take a few years off. They hang out with their kids. They do social media and other endorsements or whatever they do. And then they stage a big comeback. They've done everything but the comeback sort of thing. They've done everything game you can play with the media besides really that. So they stage a big comeback and the kids are older and they kind of become the prime inheritors of what they've what Chris has made. And, and it's that, but they're not going away. They're just going to come back bigger or try I, to at least.
1: I agree. I think that the idea of Chris starting her own network makes yeah. a lot of sense to me because, you know, Chris has been up to this point, really only in charge of her kids careers and this TV show that is, and look at what she's done with that. Like, mm. Holy crap. So I think she wants to move on to bigger and better things. And I I could see her either starting her own network or getting sort of a Harry and Meghan esque Netflix deal, you know, a hundred million dollar deal to produce or oversee talent for, um, for one of the streaming services. But yeah, yeah, I think, I don't think Courtney's going to really, I'm wondering if Courtney's going to miss it because she always complains about being famous and how much she hates working. And it's like, yeah, duh. Everyone hates working. So I, but I wonder if she'll miss it when it goes away. And I think
0: Chloe is going to be the most lost at sea of all of them, right? That's totally true. I think she will. Chloe was a great MC the whole way through. She was always so good at naming what was going on in a really effective way. Like, she'd make jokes about, like, the dynamics as they were happening, but then it was really, like, a great liaison between the audience and what's happening. Like, she was really, she was a great MC. So this gave her a lot of purpose. She was good at it, and it's going to be weird for her without it. Especially because her home life is, it's kind of being barely held together, you know, with Tristan and what she wants that to be. Um, Courtney Yeah, I I think she'll like the break. I'm too behind to really see where it went with her getting more and more alienated. But I always thought from the outside, I haven't seen the episodes, but that she was playing her part a little bit of being on the outside. Maybe she genuinely was hating it and over it. I might find that when I watch Catch Up. But I kind of feel like that was a role she was playing and knew she was to play and it was part of all the drama and whenever they come back she'll she'll be back and that's going to be part of the excitement that's my yeah. theory but i don't i don't totally know there's a scene
1: in a recent season which you'll get to where they're all sitting in someone's backyard talking i love when they do that when they just sit in the backyards yeah. and just like do nothing it's that's like the most calming amazing part of it for me yes. Yeah, but so they're sitting there and Kylie says something so self-aware. She's like, I don't think I was meant to be famous. Yeah. yeah, she's like, Kim, you were meant to be famous. Chloe was meant to be famous. Courtney, me and you, no, we were not meant to be famous. And I was like, that is so true. They have, they do not have that sparkle, you
0: know? That scene is kind of haunting somehow. It like hits on something. I remember that scene. There's like a lot that I want to do with that scene somehow. Um, yeah, it's true, that's where the relational system is so important. That they kind of the the very celebrity or iconic of them sort of lift up the others, and they all need each other. But there is that sparkle, um, absolutely. And I love those scenes when they're in the back hanging out. It's so aristocratic. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, so it's really,
1: good. yeah. I do love them. I just I did get bored with the show. I've been bored with the show for a couple years now. It's a bummer. It's a bit. It's a bummer to me. But I think if they do come back in some form, yeah, I don't think it's going to be the way it is. I think maybe like you're saying, they'll do a comeback and the comeback will be focusing on the kids. Yes. Maybe yep. when they yep. get a little older. So they might
0: be, be being good parents about this in the sense of realizing right, our kids don't really have agency. Do our kids want to grow up like with this? Like maybe we want to take some years off to like come back when the kids are teenagers or a bit older and be like, this is your call. Do you want to do this or not? Um, it could be that too. Not wanting yeah. to be stage parents.
1: Yeah. Maybe like Kyle and am I wrong? Or have we not even said Kendall's name yet on this <laughs> episode, which really makes me happy and gives me joy because she's a longtime nemesis of mine, but oh,
0: interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe it's... Kylie and Kendall said to the older ones, look, we feel crazy because we grew
0: up on reality TV. It's friggin' weird don't yeah. do it to your kids. And maybe they were like, Ooh, maybe you're right. That could be a real internal conversation that happened because my assumption whenever I picture these, these meetings is so much about the money narrative construct and and what their personal gains are going to be. But there has to be, because, because just a family, they're a family enterprise and they've been able to do it for so long. There's something about these relationships that remains real and there's gotta be real feelings in there around parenting and protecting their family too. I wouldn't. Yeah. I think that's really fair that there could be some real thought about what could this do to our kids? We want to protect them.
1: Yeah. But also yeah. at the same time, how often really do you think the kids are filming? It's probably a couple mm-hmm. hours a year. Really? Mm-hmm. It's True. probably not even that much, but I don't know who knows, but mm-hmm. okay. I'm, I feel like this is a great talk. This is awesome. Yeah. Do you, have, yeah. do you have anything else you want to throw in about the cancellation
0: or anything? Mm. I'm just curious what they're going to do next. For sure. I'm actively curious. Um, I'm not going to stop my account cause I'm so behind and people seem to keep sort of, they're interested in keeping up still. So people have asked what it means for the account, but it's too much fun. The following's too much fun. Um, I'm going to kind of keep riding that economy of the Kardashians where they provide this framework and this sort of um, substance that we can take from. And and I think that's going to be, they know they're sort of the gift that keeps on giving. So even if they t- sit it out, there's still, there's still so much to kind of sift through. So it's an interesting thing. It's all interesting what they've done.
1: Yeah. Have you, do you know if they've ever seen your account? Have you ever interacted with any of them? I want them to, I've been curious. Um, Courtney's the only one who went to college so and
0: Rob so maybe they would understand
1: the uh, captions.
0: I, there's been times where they they'll put something out on social media that is so postmodern where I'm like they gotta be watching like seeing what I'm saying and being like inspired but that's just narcissism I I don't think yeah I'm guessing some of other people maybe have you know I think they have yeah. people that kind of keep an eye on these accounts
1: I know I've been writing about them and covering them and talking about them for so many years and I'm like and I have run into them a couple times, but I'm just like, notice me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally, which is its own interesting dynamic.
1: Yeah, it's so weird. Um, I was going to ask you one more thing about that, but now I can't remember what it was. Shit.
0: They do interact with fan accounts. I've noticed that. Like, they'll, like, retweet. Yeah. Like a and Or they they pay attention to Nori's Black Book, which is... I mean, I'll always love Nori's Black Book for how they helped me, but... um. Also, rightly so, because Nori's black book is iconic. Yeah. So I know Chloe likes their stuff, but yeah. Oh, now I remember. What
1: was what's an example of something they've put up that was so postmodern that you took notice of it? Mm. Besides like everything they do. I mean, something (laughs) like especially that you really were like, whoa, this seems like it was made by, you know, an art
0: (laughs) historian or something. Well, I didn't see this episode yet, but I saw a picture of it, and I've been meaning to do something with it, when Kylie had her eye surgery, and then they had, like, an eye party for her, but she couldn't see. And then there were masks of, like, Kylie's eyes all over. That was some crazy stuff. Um, That's, like, Magritte-style, like, Sissine Pazun peep kind (laughs) of. Yes, totally, totally. Um, That was pretty good. The wax figure of Chris in Kylie's house... um, the oh my gosh what I saw this episode there was some drama where Kim was filming a testimonial and then she got a call during the uh, talking about some sort of drama then she got a call during the testimonial about the drama and then Courtney comes into the testimonial on the phone with Kim and then they kind of collide and then they get off the phone but it was this like multi-layered like we're watching them work through this. Kim is talking to the audience, kind of breaking the fourth wall. Now she's dialoguing with Courtney who enters the the, the space where they're filming. So they do stuff all the time. And that's when I'm like, wow, the final yeah. interesting thing is like postmodernism is incredibly capitalistic and they're the most capitalistic enterprise we can really think of, or they're a really, really good one example of one. So it's very consistent that their medium has evolved with um, what makes sense for what their drive is.
1: Yeah, that whole scene you just described, is it's so interesting because it's like when you're watching it, you don't even notice that all those levels of sort of meta commentary are happening. But if I w- – I mean, I studied film, and if I was in a film class and they asked me to analyze that, it would probably break my brain, you know? Totally. So, like, how do you feel when people say that it's stupid and that the show is dumb? I feel like you prove with your account that there's so much more going on than what people – than the surface
0: thank you for asking that because that actually is like a little like thing tender thing for me i get why people want to say that i totally get it i do think it's a similar thing to the post i just made about the cartman drama triangle where it's sort of like well you also want to define yourself in opposition to something like it's for you to feel this way it serves you to feel this way and, and share that tell everyone you feel this way i if someone if i explain to someone how i see them the frameworks i'm using and then they're still like no they're dumb then i kind of do judge that person being totally honest like because they're just not they're smart at the very least they're smart enough to be the successful and to manipulate the media the way they have to get where they are but the way they're making episodes editing them the the gimmicks that they come up with sometimes the way they like dance around all these mediums it is interesting, deep stuff. So I do, I don't, they're just, they're not dumb. And I'm not even a fan. I always make sure to say this. I'm not necessarily a fan, but they're incredibly captivating and there's so much to say about them. And I take advantage of that opportunity. I'm in, I mean, I'm energized by by them and doing that. Yeah. Well, that's
1: great. And we are all very thankful to you for putting some respect on the Kardashians name. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really interesting to hear your thoughts. I would love to keep talking about them, like, any time.
1: Oh, my God, I'm down. We will have you – I'll have you on again next time they do something crazy, which will probably be, like – I mean, they already – Kim already had another drama this week. I wrote about it with the maternity wear. I'm like, they're not going anywhere. People who are, like, dancing on their grave and, like, finally the Kardashians, like, ding-dong, yeah. the witch is dead. I'm like, no, they're not going anywhere. Totally. Some people think Diva's a bitch. Oh, a diva to you? Would you say, are you one? Uh, I never said that. Diva behavior. Great, great gowns, beautiful gowns.
0: <gasps> of
1: course, I don't trust you. Diva Behavior, the podcast.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership.